0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. Today, we have a very
1: special guest, Mr. K.R. from KJ Consultant. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm just so excited to be on a platform and just share my story and the way I think about things. So I'm pumped. Awesome.
0: And we're just so happy to have you here as well. We I love your, first of all, your platform. I definitely checked out your Instagram page a few times over the last couple of months. Thanks. So that's Thanks. how we actually got connected. You're definitely giving a lot of value and information on, on your platform. So kudos to you. So everybody. Thank you. give you. His IG info at the end of the episode and we're tonight or this evening is just going to talk about how you got into real estate, how you were able to actually build your real estate portfolio It seems like you have an extensive portfolio. So we're going to talk about that today. So let's talk about your real estate journey and how did
1: you start out? So it's really fascinating because I grew up in Philadelphia, single parent household. My mother raised uh, my six siblings and I. And I remember very vaguely in elementary school, we were poor to the Mm -hmm. point that an elementary teacher bought some KFC. She had my favorite original but she messed up on the side. She had mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. I'm like, where's my coleslaw, girl? But you can't be beggars. Beggars can't be picky. But I remember looking up at the the stars because the third floor was missing because our house had burned down. And at that point, at a young age, I knew that I wanted to build a legacy and I never wanted to be that broke again. So I started applying myself. I grew up in West Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and just said, look, let me buckle down and try to get out of this tough environment. So then I went off to Bowdoin College, then I went to Wall Street, but all the time I knew I wanted to be a real estate investor. So what I did was first get that intellectual capital, reading books, educate myself. Then I got that social capital, building some relationships with people that work in license and inspection contractors. And then I got that financial capital by getting my first job. And so then I bought my first rental in 2009, a foreclosed property. And then by 2018, I got to nine units, 2019, I got to 35 units, and 2020, I got to 105 units and then I retired. So now I run a property management business, landscaping business. I have 85 units in the Philadelphia area and 20 units in the Harrisburg area. The biggest one is a 24 unit apartment building and 14 of my 105 rental units are single family homes. So that's how I got into the business.
0: That's a beautiful extensive portfolio. So just like the average person you started with, I'm assuming a very low down payment FHA or conventional mortgage, correct?
1: So the way I started, I definitely put it in my personal name. But mm-hmm. what I did is I use like, they have the conventional, but if you put it in your personal name, you can you could use a FHA. You also, if you're a veteran, you can put 0% down. If you're a doctor or a lawyer, 0% down. What I did is I went to like Franklin Mint Credit Union and American Heritage Federal Credit Union, and they okay. let you put 15% down if it's in your personal name. So I bought something for $40,000 with a tenant inside, which means I only had to put $6,000 down. And then I had used one of my credit cards to do creative financing and took got like a promotion 15 months and $15,000, no interest. I bought that house for $40,000, put 15% down, then use $17,000 to rehab it and it appraised for $146,000. Nice. I put that $101,000 aside in my bank account and kept working my nine to five. So that's why it took me like the first nine years to build up that portfolio because right. I said, I want to take my time versus trying to rush and run other people's races.
0: Right. So, I mean, I love that approach. I always tell people, especially newer investors, that once they get into investing, I'm always letting them know to start out in a cheaper market, right? Yes. Don't go in these six-digit markets. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Think, I thinking agree. Thinking you're gonna get far and you know be able to really stack up your portfolio quickly. So I always recommend to start in the, you know, in the 50 range, if you can find something in the 30 yep. range, because the down payment is gonna be very low. And believe it or not. If it is going to appraise in the six digits, you're you're able to leverage the deal much better. And there are a few markets we yeah. know, the mm-hmm. Clevelands, the Detroit, Chicago, no longer. But Philly, we used to be that market. Now you have to go to like what, Chester. and other Yeah, if and you're all lucky, you still
1: running. may, fi- you can find a few in Philly, but it's a lot harder. It's right. not like the way it used to be.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, they had four story buildings for like $2,000 oh, <laughs> a couple yeah. of
1: years ago. Every, they, I bought I, in 2018, I bought a house off of auction.com for $22,000. I put $17,000 in to fix it up and it appraised for $115,000. So I got $86,000 uh-huh. out of that. And that was a REO property. But like last year, I bought five properties in Harrisburg, five single family houses right next to each other. Bang, 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 bang. 61, 621, 623, 625, da, da, da. Dolphin Street. And I bought all five for $185,000. So that's $37,000 a a house. I didn't do anything to the inside or the outside. And I got a 30% cash on cash return. So you definitely just got to get in the game. You don't have to be an HGTV professional where you're gutting it down to the studs and everything. You can make a lot of money in this business without overextending yourself. Agreed, agreed. So, how did you? What was your method? Even though it took
0: you nine years, right? How did you actually scale? Like, like how did you
1: get the next? So our, 50 our units? Plan, so <laughs> my plan my plan was the first nine years you want to mm-hmm. keep your nine to five job, and right. once you keep your nine to five job, you can live off that. So you don't have to spend any of your rental income. So like the first year I had $10,000 coming from one rental property in 2009. By the time I got to 2018, I had $85,000 of rental income coming from nine properties. So throughout those first nine years, I didn't touch any of that money from the refi cash out money or from the rental money. So you could build up several hundred thousand dollars in, in, in savings. Then when you go and buy these apartment buildings, so I bought like a triplex, $495,000 to make the math easy, let's say 200000 And I right. decide to put 30% down. That's $60,000. Where I get that money from? From the cash that I saved over the, that decade. Talk about I have discipline. Bought, and Very then I bought a, a 12 unit for $450,000. I put down a 25%. So that's $112,000. Because I had that bit savings, I was able to borrow from myself and never had to use a hard money lender. Then I went to go buy like a a five unit in the Northeast for 385,000, did the same thing, put 25% down. And so I didn't have to partner with anyone until 20. My first 40 units, I was all by myself because I was able to save my money from my nine to five. I was able to save some money from the nine to five, but save all my money from the rental income. And then I was able to uh, scale up because you need the big down payments due to the bigger deals. Unless okay. you're trying to do, do partnerships. And I wanted to keep majority of the ownership. So I said, it's no partnerships for me. Exactly. So, so that was my strategy.
0: When you're, cause you're a real estate coach, when you're teaching your students, they're not, I mean, most of them do have a nine to five and we do recommend you stay in your nine to five. Yes. <laughs> and so you can double, triple your income, right? In many yes. cases. I don't know what you advise your students, but at this point you need to be able to triple your income.
1: After taxes. Oh yeah. We (laughs) always, I encourage my students always to keep your nine to five. Do not quit. I actually recommend you keep your nine to five for the first 10 years that you're in real estate investing and just run up the score as much as you can. Do refis, cash out, save the money, get all the rental income, save the money, keep the nine to five, try to get as much experience and do your best at your nine to five job. So you can keep building that You leverage the nine-to-five job, the W-2, and build on your experience, and then you can scale up and go big. So I always tell my students to do that. And that's the reason why I actually don't encourage my students to go out and take out these big, hard money loans and stuff like that, because it's very hard for you to be the GC, for you to do your nine-to-five, for you to be the real estate agent, for you to be the property manager. It's just so many things. I said, look, stick to your knitting, do your nine-to-five really well. And set yourself up so that eventually you can leave your job. But don't be in a rush because good things come to those who wait. So I tell people take their time.
0: I do like that approach. I mean, I do teach from a different perspective. And the only reason why I do is because when I really went gung-ho with real estate investing, I lost my nine-to-five. I got fired, right? I got fired a yes. couple times. So I just never looked back. However... Yes. Your paperwork. I mean, when you're, let's say you're going to do, you did yours different, but even if you're going to refi, sometimes they do want to look at income. They want to look at tax returns. Oh yeah. That,
1: that's what makes it easier.
0: Exactly. So I do encourage people stack up on, you know, add a lot of doors to your portfolio and then <laughs> retire the 10 year approach. Yeah. I think that's very wise though. I, I do think it's wise, especially if you have a family, um, you have children, you're going to need health insurance, things of that nature. Um, mm. But of course, people are looking to escape the rat race. But real estate is a rat race, too. If you don't have your proper team in place, people don't realize that. It's actually worse than a rat, a rat
1: race. I agree. <laughs> it's like so a jungle what,
0: out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll
1: have people quit in their nine to fives. And they're only 22. They don't have any experience. Uh -uh. So the banks don't take them seriously. They're overwhelmed. They don't have health care, everything. So I tell the young people, definitely make sure you save some money. Make sure you get some experience. Have a job. Then it's hard to come up with all this money to go and start buying. Now, some people are exceptional. They can learn how to be a hard money. They know how to work with hard money lenders. They know how to be a GC. They know how to be a wholesaler, a developer, and they're only 22. But the vast majority of us, we need some time for seasoning and some yeah. time to build up those down payments and stack the odds in our favor. So I, I always agree. tell people, like, if you're exceptional, go right down the street. But don't be blaming it on Kr. Talking, he told me quit my job, and I'm only 22. I <laughs> no. never told you to do that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I'll, no, I would agree
0: with you. You know, ret- retire at 30, 33. That was my yes. retirement age. 33. I'm about to be 33. Couple- Okay. Yes, I tell but, people,
1: it's okay to retire in your 30s. There's no reason you got to do it in your, in, your, in your 20s. That's just right. crazy.
0: Now on your projects, are you acting as a GC or do you have a, a great team in place for
1: you? So Marcus, my philosophy has always been to approach it like I'm an NFL owner. Okay. And what I mean by that is, Good. it is my job to come up with the vision for the franchise. It's my job to hire the coach, who manage the day-to-day. So the coach could be the property manager or the real estate agent or what have you. And then it's my job to watch those two things take place from afar to make sure that they're unfolding. So I can focus on like, how many seats are we selling? What I mean by that is if you have football seats, how productive is my franchise? How is it relative to other people? Am I getting the sponsorships? Meaning, do I have these strong relationships with banks? Is everything flowing and streamlined, the processes and systems? So I've always said, I'd rather get off the football field and get into the owner suite. So I had my nine to five. So I was happy to hire a general a general contractor where right. that's their expertise. I'm happy to hire a lawyer where that's their expertise to put LLCs together. I wanna make sure everybody on my team is eating. I'm happy to hire a real estate agent. Even though I have my license, because I want to make sure that I'm thinking like an owner and not like an employee, and so therefore I set my system up so I don't have to worry about the day to day. Now, when I first started, I only had one unit. Yeah, I could do everything, but as mm-hmm. you move up in the food chain, it is impossible to have 23 different buildings, 105 units, and all these different counties. You're trying to be the GC. It's just too much. It's just it too is. much. So you got to put a team together. Team is vital. You're nothing
0: without your team in real estate. Nothing.
1: So I don't <laughs> or else want not, people.
0: Right. Or else it's not passive. It, it's a, It's literally
1: an <laughs> exactly. 18-hour job.
0: Exactly. <laughs> if That's you i have talking. a team in place.
1: I said, I ain't going downtown to be pulling some permits. I am not doing all. I am not going to Home Depot. I'm not doing all this. I'd rather pay people. Hell no. I, it's like I left my nine-to-five to go and take a new nine-to-five. Oh, hell to the no
0: exactly yeah it's necessary what market are
1: you investing in right now so i'm invested i have 20 units in the harrisburg market and i have 85 units in the philadelphia area so i'm all over i'm in philadelphia i'm in delaware county uh, the suburbs so that's the areas that i look at but my students they invest around the country in indiana and columbus Uh ohio and Georgia, and Birmingham, and Maine, and Massachusetts, and uh, Mexico, they're all over the place.
0: Awesome. And typically, when you're teaching, what type of demographic are you looking at? Like, how do you know it's a good
1: market to invest in? So what we do is we have a proprietary approach, where we do a funnel analysis, we talk, we start at the top of the market. And so we'll say, what state are you interested in? And then we start to do some analysis around crime, population, job growth, and all those different things. And then we narrow it down to a city or two, and then we narrow it down to three zip codes that we like to follow and go on a deep dive. And then we show you how to analyze the individual deals. And then we give you like a list of questions that you could ask the property manager, the real estate agent, the mortgage broker, the hard money lender, the banker, and all those different things. So that you're putting together a team and asking the right questions. And so that's how we tend to narrow our markets. So we let students pick whatever market they want, and we want them to fall in love with the numbers, not with emotion. So if the numbers say you can't invest in that city, then you got to go to the next city.
0: I respect that. And I'm about to ask you a question that's a little bit more shifted, and I'm sure you're going to be able to answer it. What do you think
1: your purpose is? So my purpose, I always tell people that when I was working on Wall Street, I was not a position driven type of person. So I wasn't going after the job for a certain position. Mm -hmm. I was always purpose driven. So for me, my purpose was to build a legacy, was to create transformational wealth. People say, KR, where do you wanna be in the next five years? I don't really care about having a thousand units. What I really care about is like, for instance, transformational wealth. And that's pretty much left to right. So, you know, generational wealth, I buy a house and then in 40 years, my children will have a house. What transformational wealth is, you're focused on creating opportunities for people around you. So even though I have my real estate license, convincing my brother to get his real estate license. So when I do a million dollar deal, he gets a 3% commission. He gets $30,000. He was able to use that commission to buy for a down payment to buy a house in Abington, Pennsylvania. So he and his five children and wife can live in a better neighborhood. Then he works on another deal with me. He's able to gift his in-laws $8,000. They move out of an apartment and now they own a duplex and they're landlords. So transformational wealth is happening today. My business partner in 2018 had zero units. Now he has 60 doors. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a millionaire. Now he's a millionaire. So my thing over the next five years or 10 years is that I want everybody that's in my circle and also my students, I want to create as many millionaires as possible. I don't just want you to be able to eat in my zip code. I want you to be able to live in my zip code. So that's what my purpose is right now. It's to educate people in an affordable way and inspire them. I
0: love it, I love it. So let's say I'm a student and I come to your monthly course, pop up, whatever you got going on, your mentorship. And how much money do I need to to get started?
1: So for my course, it's, our course is only $349 and it's a one-time cost. So mm-hmm. we will give you the four hours educational on Zoom. And then what we do is give you all the templates and we give you like an ebook with 20 something pages. And then we do once a month check-ins. You can ask questions whenever you want. And you get access to my team and I and also everybody uh, that we know around the country, no additional charge. What we tell people is that we want you to be very thoughtful and strategic. So the reason why we work with you for 12 months is one you can work on your credit score, two you can work on understanding the material and three you can work on your down payment. Whether that okay. is coming up with creative financing or joining like a neighborhood lift program, we tell people that it depends on what you really want. Like if you have six we at least tell you to save $6,000 because you can invest somewhere in the country and put down 20% or 15% buy a house for $30,000 and you and it's already rented, you're getting your feet wet. You don't have to be like all these other people trying to be like, you're fantastic. If you can get that one house making, let's say 300, or let's say that one house give you $4,000 in 10 years, now you're making $40,000 free cash flow, in addition to having your job. That is life-changing. So we tell people at the minimum, we want you to at least get ready to save $500 a month when you're taking a course. So you can have that savings or think about creative financing. Because okay. we don't we don't encourage people to take on so much risk at the beginning.
0: Right. So they need to work on their credit, have at least six thousand dollars. You're not encouraged, you're we're not encouraging them to use hard money in your program. Ah, uh, they- Not
1: necessarily, but we do have contacts, hard money lenders. But I don't want all the students getting mad at me if they just started and they gonna curse <laughs> me out saying, You told me I can take a hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan out and now I don't know what I'm doing. So I say let's work up to take it on big risk.
0: Right. No, I agree with that. They will blame you for everything.
1: They will oh my god. They will yep. <laughs> they will be cursing you out.
0: Yeah. But, you know, hard money when how can I put this? When handled with care can definitely allow people to get into the game quicker and do what they need to do. As long as you're getting in and out. That's the goal. Refinancing is as yes. as possible or selling, but in this case we're holding. So, refinancing Within thirty days, I, I say, or I think oh, you yeah. have to season it for thirty days in many cases. Yeah. So get as soon as you get in, get. <laughs> in, in many cases, if your students is buying homes with tenants already occupied, roost up the bathrooms
1: in the kitchen. Oh yeah, exactly. You, that, that you can out. definitely do that. Yeah. Now <laughs> so, I do have some. I do have some students who are more experienced, and so we definitely okay. explain hard money lending, private lending, and all those different things. But I want to be able to cater to, I have one course, which is primarily for people that are in the beginning to the mid level. So they, okay. they've been doing this, but they're not really, they know how to run and how to throw and how to catch. My job is to teach them how to be a better runner, a better thrower and a better catcher. So I give them a framework. And then I have a complex course, which is, no, which is going to be our apartment course. And okay. that course is actually uh, six hours. It teach you how to invest in apartment buildings and up. So that's a whole, you learn about syndication, that's a whole different beast. So I try to tell people, look, we're gonna give you the the tools, just take your time. You don't have to be in a rush. I always tell people, you can't rush greatness. So you gotta take your time, but it's out there. There's a lot of money out there. I just don't want my students being mad at me. After you've done a couple, then you can go play in a hard money lane.
0: I agree. That's great advisement. That's definitely great advisement. So, what is in the future for Mr. Kr? Like, what are your ultimate real estate goals?
1: So, I'm di- I'm very serious about transformational wealth. That is like my number one thing. Um, and, okay. and the way I do that is, for instance, I'll start an LLC. I'm starting a new LLC, KJ Three Management LLC. And my brother, I'm going to give my brother five percent equity. He doesn't have to put any money in. So what happens is that some of us, we are never invited to the table. And then some of us start to create our own table and forget to invite people. So my number one objective is to figure out ways to invite people to my table that I create and teach people how to create their own table in real estate to start first buying single family homes, then buying apartment buildings like I do, value at. I think that will be the biggest legacy because once you've made, I used to make $10,000 a year then I'm in 2009 that I made $85,000 a year in rental income. And now I make close to hundred thousand dollars every month in rental income. Once you start making a certain amount of money, it, it's all start to be the same. It's not like, even if you get the 200,000, when you got to hundred K a month, it was a lot. So right. you start to say, let me see, what can I do because you don't want your friends and family members to be envy and it can be very lonely at the top. So you want to start motivating and helping other people climb up the ladder like, right. yo, we good son. The whole team, Is good, so that's what I really love,
0: yeah. And I, I oh, I agree with that, especially so, definitely, family members like, I don't even charge them, that's free. I mean, for coaching, I would not say that I do it for free whatever. And I think you and I spoke about this in the past, incentivizing the uh, contractors, right? Like the people that work yes, in your yeah. immediate team, even the lawyers, yes. if you have to um, oh, type yeah. companies, whoever, but specifically oh, yeah. the contractors, so that you know they are going to do what they say they're going to do and have your back. Because as we stated before, that can make or break your bill, literally. Oh yeah. So sense.
1: like my contractors, I'm going to, I'm looking into ways to giving them equity. My lawyer just signed up for my real estate boot camp because he's like, I've been working with you. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but I need to learn. So he took the course. So That's awesome. And and he is an older guy. So the thing is that I want everybody to be empowered that's around me. Because I think that's just going to motivate people. It's going to inspire their kids. They're going to be like, look, I'm not just an employee. I feel as though I'm a part of something. And so that's what I'm really spending my time on. But of course, I will continue to buy apartment buildings or, or rental units and stuff. That's just inevitable because you have so much cash coming in. And like I started like a vending machine business and all these other types of businesses, consulting business or landscaping business. It's just that when you have a whole lot of cash coming in, you can figure out ways to deploy it, Um, whether it's in stocks and all these different things. But for me, it was like, hey, once I got to the 100 unit level, I feel as though I'm at a a really good place that I don't have to chase opportunities. People used to say, man, you moving mad slow. You've been in the game for like a decade. You only got like nine houses. Yo, what you doing, son? And they didn't realize that I was running my own race. I was just building up the cash so I can go big versus just going small.
0: In real estate, you have to run your own race. If you're paying attention to what other people are doing, you can easily fumble the ball. Okay. Pay attention to yourself. Stay <laughs> on social yes. media. I feel like a lot of people they're, I don't know, they're in competition with people they don't even know. And yes. I'm in competition with myself. So
1: <laughs> exactly. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm
0: so. good. Yep. And another thing is I love the your realistic approach. Um, because again, a lot of individuals, one, they're they're in a dire need to get out of their jobs. They a lot of people do really hate their their I don't want to say hate their lives, but they do, <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. their work life, right? That's um true. so they're trying to get out, they're they're just not happy. They went to school all yep, these years, they, they're still paying back student loans, they they're not even making the money the yearly wage of the student loans. They're making probably half of that, right? It's just a mess. Do you
1: encourage people? I mean, I don't know, are you a parent? No, but I've always helped take care of my nieces and nephews, but go ahead.
0: No, 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 I mean, that's great. Uncles and aunties are the best, trust me. And I know, I already know what your answer is. Do you encourage? your your nieces and nep- nephews to actually go to college? Would you
1: encourage them to do so? Oh, I actually encourage my nieces and nephews to follow whatever path they really believe in. Because I think okay. if you force people to do something, then it's not gonna work. So I tell them, look, you wanna stack the odds in your favor. So for me, I decided to go to college because I was poor as hell. And that was just a surefire way to make sure I get to sit at certain tables and get exposure to certain races. Mm-hmm. I went to a predominantly black high school and middle school and elementary. And so I went to a predominantly white school so I could figure out how to interact in different worlds. Got and right. so for me, i use that to my advantage, but I have some nieces and nephews that are not in college and they're doing their thing. Like one of my nephews, he's running a restaurant. He's not in, in college. Mm-hmm. Then I have another uh, niece and she's killing it. She's a senior. So I think people got to figure out what their real passion is and what they how they can succeed. So for me, I'm open to creativity. You just got to, wherever you are, cash your bucket and you better be really good at what you're doing if you're not going to take the surefire ways that have good backup plans. So if you went to college and even if you were a D student and you needed to get a certain job at McDonald's or something, you can be a manager because you have that BA or you can go to Pizza Hut or something or you can become a school teacher. And in other ways, you can't do it because you don't have that degree. That's true. That's very,
0: very true. I'm still pro-college, even though... I feel like I could have went without it. But I wanted to be a lawyer, so it was a little different. And I still might be a lawyer. Who knows? But I, I did need, I needed, I needed to go.
1: That was a little Oh, yeah. I, just... I, I knew <laughs> I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to go to college since I was younger. I knew I wanted to go to Ivy League school.
0: Um, hey, I didn't go Ivy League, so
1: kudos to you. Uh, but, I went to Dartmouth. I went to Dartmouth That's amazing. College. Yeah. At Hanover, New Hampshire. And so for me, I turned my whole life around being a knucklehead in middle school, just get getting C's and D's and having fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends wrote my autograph book. I can't believe you made it. I was like, you can't believe I made it out of eighth grade. I know i hooky and I smoke a little bit and drink a little bit, but damn, you really lost hope. And then I graduated from high school as valedictorian. There was one of the right. debate team, the debate team, the track team, the cross country team, played football, did all these different things, school president, class president. So I did a whole 180, but I knew that I wanted to be in certain rooms and and the way America is set up is that it's very hard to get in those rooms unless you're extraordinarily successful and exceptional without any degrees. So I said, let me stack the odds in my favor so I can get a job on Wall Street, so I can get exposure to certain people in certain cultures. So college for me, I I was a big proponent of college. I think people should do whatever's gonna stack the odds in their favor.
0: I agree. So tell us, for all these newbie investors that think they're going to come work for you, you're going to make them a, not for you, but with you, you're going to coach them. You're going to make them a microwave millionaire. Microwave. Yeah. What, <laughs> what type, so I'm assuming you're allowing
1: anyone to be coached by you. So, yes, it, for uh, our course. Yep. Yeah, anyone right. can sign up for the course.
0: So that's good because I don't work for anybody.
1: People just don't, the mm-hmm. they, they do the
0: most, but what characteristics you think an individual needs to have to really have longevity in this business?
1: So I think, especially if you're, if you're young or new to the business, even if you're, not, old, yeah, you're old, even if you're, even if you're older, the number one thing you, what I mean by new is you're a newbie. You're new to the okay, industry. Newbie, right, right. So you're like a baby. You could be 60, but you're still an infant. So in my eyes, I think what you have to do is make up whatever you lack in terms of on-the-job experience with your enthusiasm and your ability to work long hours. So you got to say you're fired up. You don't know what the hell you're doing, but you're coming to like KR saying, oh my goodness, KR, look, I'm so excited. Just let me know how I can help. If you need me to, make, to get you paper towel, if you need me to go and get you uh, some pencils. If you need me to make a power PowerPoint presentation, you need me right. to do a walkthrough, whatever, show me that enthusiasm and ability to work because that's one thing you can't teach as a person that is excited and motivated and just really, really committed. The other thing you want to do if you're a newbie is whatever your coach tell you that is instructive and positive, you want to implement it to let them know that you do not waste time And that you execute when someone gives you good instruction. So I think those things are very, very important. Being able to show that you're enthusiastic, being able to show that you implement stuff, that will give you longevity in this business. And learn how to interact with people from different walks of life. Don't never get too high, never get too low. Those are the three things I would tell someone. Yeah. And
0: execution is so important. As they say, Success, love, speed, do things right away, um, especially when told. There's so many people I came across two, three years ago. Oh, I'm going to buy a house. And now everybody, everybody's so priced out. They can't even buy a house in Newark. Sure. Um, and I remember when the same houses was like 150,000.
1: Yep. Like,
0: I don't know where you're going to live, but you can't live in Newark. Sorry. it's
1: Yeah. Unless
0: uh, I hope that, you know, the Newark Land Bank will have some deals for people, but it's really sad that hundreds of thousands of dollars and a lost opportunity and they can't stay in their own communities or at least become a homeowner in their own communities. So I agree. We'll say success, love, speed and execute now, especially when you're getting coached by KR or me. (laughs) Do what we say right away. Right. But KR, this was great. Let everybody know how they can keep in contact with you. And
1: where they can actually find your course online? So, what you can follow me at KJ Consulting. Our website is n r i g is K A Y J A Y C O N S U L T I N G. So, those are the best spots to hit me up and follow me, learn about what we're doing. We have an apartment course and we have a single family course, which is one to four units. Every Monday, we do Monday Motivations. Tuesdays, we do Tuesday Tips, Wednesday Workout Tips, and every Friday, Financial Literacy. And every Tuesday, I go live for 30 minutes at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So definitely check us out. We're out to educate and elevate.
0: Amen to that. I love that. Awesome. So we have to meet in person soon, because you're right in New York City. I'm in Jersey.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, so definitely. We'll
0: definitely link up soon. Thank you for coming on here. If you need me for anything or whatever, vice versa, I hope I can come to you and ask for your support. And it was great. So thanks for coming on and have Thank a you
1: too. It was fun. Bye. <laughs> All right. Take care.
0: Take care.